This is a HeadGum Podcast. Before we start the show today, I want to talk to you guys. Big Rye here, just the two of us. I want to know, uh, what are you trying to do? You're trying to lose weight? You're trying to, uh, trying to build muscle, maybe? Maybe you're just trying to get your nutrition on track. I think we can all relate to that right now, right? Whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to be healthy and you're trying to eat right, it's especially important that you get the right protein powder. It should be specific to your lifestyle and your health goals. Not all protein powders are created the same, and there's no one size that fits all. A lot of people come up to Eugene and I, or they, they, they write us questions, and they want to know what they should be taking, and we don't know. We don't know you. We don't know your lives. We, you know, in order for us to know what's right for you specifically, we'd have to ask a bunch of questions and interview you, and we ain't got the time. That's why I'm so glad that we have Gainful as a sponsor. They offer personalized protein that meet your exact nutritional needs. They work for you. Gainful offers customized protein based on your body type, diet, and fitness habits and goals. Okay, I use it. I use it because it's right for me. I took a quiz with these guys. It was really easy. This is how this is how the whole thing works. You got to take this quiz, slam dunk. It's easy. They ask you a bunch of questions about yourself, what you're trying to do. Um, it's interesting too because I, you know, you wonder, well, what can they, you know, how are they? How do they know how much of a workout I'm putting in every day? Like, what what could they possibly be asking? They, they do this creative thing to where they ask, are you breaking a sweat? Do you feel exhausted after your workout? And so they're able to kind of triangulate down what your output is. And I dig it. Based on that quiz and the goals you you have, they make a recommendation uh, for protein, what, what they think you should be taking. And it ain't some dummy in the marketing department that's developing this protein, okay? They're not trying to sell units uh, based on some fake razzle-dazzle. It's real stuff. Real science is going into it. It's designed by a team of sports nutrition experts, they work with professional teams, athletes, and these formulas are optimized for performance with simple and effective ingredients. There's no fillers, there's no gluten, no soy, nothing in there is artificial, okay? Uh, on top of that, if you go with Gainful, you're getting free unlimited one-on-one -on -one access to your own registered dietitian. Can you think of one other protein company that offers that kind of hands-on attention? It's, it's an incredible bonus, incredible. And here's my favorite part. With Gainful, it's never repetitive or boring. So say you make the call on a big old tub of protein powder and you go for uh, you go for vanilla. And then you're, you know, you're 30 days into that and you're bored of the damn vanilla. You're stuck with it because that's what you bought. You got a big old tub of this stuff. You're not gonna be wasteful. You're not a wasteful person. With Gainful, you ain't got that problem because Gainful sends you a pouch of unflavored protein, all right? That's, that's all the good stuff. That's the nutrition and, you know, everything that you want to be in there is in there, but it's unflavored and it's accompanied by single serving flavor boosts. Okay. So what does that mean? You get little packets of all these different flavors that you can choose from. You got rich chocolate, you got cookies and cream, you got Madagascar vanilla, chocolate, peanut butter. Come on, babe. Strawberry cream and cafe mocha. That way you can customize each and every protein shake to your exact tastes. You're never stuck with one flavor. Huge benefit. Uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm changing stuff up. I'm, you know, I'm a cafe mocha guy for a week. You know, then I'm fucking, I'm wearing a hat. I pull a hat down and now, now, now I'm the secret strawberry cream guy. I'm living in that world. I mean, I'm, I, you know, 
I'm, people don't even recognize me because I'm drinking strawberry cream protein every day. I didn't even think I'd like it as much as I did. And I took a shot on it because it, was, it wasn't a, a commitment. I was able to, you know, dib and dab. They're all delicious. I have to say my personal fave is the uh, chocolate peanut butter. I'm that freak. You guys know that. I've told you about it before. You know what I'm what a freak I am for chocolate peanut butter. I've used that exact language, okay? So listen, you got no excuses. You got no excuses uh to be missing out on this protein powder. If you've been meaning to add it into your diet and into your effective healthy lifestyle, now is the time with Gainful. With a Gainful subscription, you receive monthly shipments. They come straight to your door. And you got the ability to pause, change the frequency of deliveries, or update the formula and flavors. So say those goals change, well, guess what? You update that formula and get them to meet your goals. Say you find out you love a flavor, you become a strawberry cream fanatic, guess what? You can update the, the, the frequency of the deliveries and uh, you know get more of that flavor. Uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to recognize that your fitness and nutrition journey is one of a kind. So the products you use should be too. With personalized nutrition and support, Gainful makes sure you are making progress toward your health and fitness goals every day. Right now, we have a special offer for our listeners. Get $15 off your first month of personalized protein powder when you go to gainful.com slash dumbbells. That's G-A-I-N-F-U-L dot com slash dumbbells. Trust me, you're going to love having personalized protein powder from Gainful. It's a game changer. That's gainful.com slash dumbbells to get your $15 off your first month. Let's get into this episode. This is the Dumbbells, a personal fitness podcast where we, uh, except for Eugene Cordero, is outside the weight room filming Tacoma FD, busy on a show. But me, I'm Ryan Stanger, and I have a special guest today. Uh, have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. This is solely based on my own working experience and a little bit of bro science. Bro science. So please keep in mind that I'm not a doctor. I've never claimed to be. Neither has Eugene when he's here. We're just a couple of dumbbells. We love ourselves in fitness and want to help you with yours. And the help could start right now, flying solo tonight. Uh, but it's good. I brought in a ringer. I brought in a special guest, a guy I got a lot of history with, former guest of the show, friend of the show, friend of myself. Uh, you know him from a lot of things. Uh, we're going to be talking about a character that he has, uh, Onyx. Uh, maybe the weird Arby's guy, you may know that. Uh, we've done a bunch of stuff together. Good friend of mine, good guy. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew Bowser. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Bowser, welcome back. I put on my host hat. I've changed the cadence of my voice. I've changed yeah. the pitch of it. We were speaking <laughs> normally just seconds ago. Totally. The second I pushed record, I juiced it up. It went up a few notches. I like it. Yeah, I'm imagining I'm talking to... Uh, my wonderful engineer, producer, Clementine, right now, I imagine her listening to this and maybe, you know, being a little disgusted by the artifice in my voice. <laughs> yeah. Do you like it or does it bother you? Oh, I love it. I love it. But I also. I'll, dr I'll drop it. I, I know what it's, I know what it's like to just, yeah, you know, you, you got a little dial that you turn on. I'll be sitting in my garage where I do a lot of my content creation 
And I'll, I'll look, like, depressed as hell. And then I press record, and I'm like, hey, everybody, okay, so. <laughs> I love just... it. Um, so, Bowser, we'll, we'll, I'm trying to remember what we talked about last time on the show. Some, some health and fitness stuff, maybe a little bit about our history. You've got a, you've got a big Kickstarter uh -huh. right now that, I'm, that has a special place in my heart, maybe because I'm involved and maybe because I like the character you're doing. Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But real quick, out the gates, I want to answer a listener question. You can help me with it. This is coming to us from Rob. And uh, if you guys have a question for the dumbbells, you can reach us at askthedumbbells at gmail.com. Um, if you have a shorter question or something that you want to blast out on social media, you can reach us at the dumbbells. We got that on all the platforms, paid top dollar, uh, <laughs> got it, yanked it out of people. We had a couple of realtors out in South Dakota that were sitting on the dumbbells, paid them $150,000 for Jeez. it. So I think, but it's starting to pay off finally. I mean, yeah. we, were in, we were in the red for a long time on that, but we're just now in the green. A lot of people say we overpaid. They were only asking a hundred bucks, oh, but I wow. said, I want to give you 150,000 because it's perceived value. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, psycho psychologically, like, like it changes. Like if you know that you spent 150 K on something, oh, yeah. you're going to, you're going to tweet you know, three to 4% more than you would if you didn't do that. Yeah. I think it was a sound decision. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So this is coming to us from Rob. He says, hello guys, truly love the pod. Okay. That's enough. Glad handery. Uh, first my goal and where I am, I should say that he, um, he titled this email, some things embarrassing and otherwise hmm. in the COVID cluster, I was able to load up on a power cage plates, bars, accessories, and all the necessary odds and ends to get the job done. I realize how ugly, I realize how lucky I am in this regard. He didn't say he's ugly <laughs> and he's not. Uh, I just, for some reason, switched lucky and ugly. Uh, maybe that's saying something about myself. I'm 51 years old and my plan is to get in the best lifting physique shape of my life. I believe this is achievable. My drive and discipline are all there. I'm not bragging, just confident in these elements of my being. My past includes uh, completing several iron and half marathons, uh, D1 lacrosse, uh, and some very cool climbing accomplishments and very others, various other bullshit. Again, I'm trying to give a framework, but not boast. But hey, buddy, I like the boast. I, I encourage yeah. people to write to us. This is a safe space. Um, you should be able to talk about your health and fitness accomplishments or otherwise in a safe space. And this is that for you. I know I need to train much differently to achieve my goal than I have uh, th th for this goal than I have for these others. I've been reading some in, uh, informative books, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, uh, Matthew's The Strength Training Anatomy Workout by Deliver and Core Performances by Vergenstein or by Verstengen to list a few that I've liked. I'm taking a bit of a hybrid approach and using bits and pieces from all these resources. By the way, my diet is solid and clean, and I'm probably on the heavy side of my supplements. I'm a sucker for the supplement recommendations, and I'm always afraid to cut one out. Question one, do you see any problem with my knowledge mashup, uh, or should I fully dig into one and stick with it? And this is question number two, the embarrassing confession in question. Do you have an embarrassing song that really pumps you up? For whatever reason... I go full uncanned ham when I'm blasting Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Do I need to seek help for this tick? Uh, long time appreciative of what you guys do. Don't miss an episode. Please keep them coming, Rob. <laughs> so good questions. I don't know. where what, what jumped out at you in that, Bowser? Well, I mean, I, I relate to the, a lot to unpack. I relate to the, to the Pumped Up song, the idea of having like, 
a jam that gets you going. And it isn't always something you'd want everyone to hear you listening to. But for me, I don't do any, I, I don't do any lifting, but I, I'm a big hiker. I hike every day. Okay. And I, I, I kind of, I listen to the same music every single time I hike and it's just uh Coheed and Cambria. I don't know if you know that band, but it's very like, I don't, I don't know. It's very yeah. like Gothic theatrical kind of like new metal, you know, they're singing about like space and aliens and, um, it's, it's also very predictable for a guy my age to like blast Coheed and Cambria because they were big in the, you know, 2000, like early 2000s. Um, okay. but that gets me going. And then I will from there pivot to like, uh, the, uh, the outfield. I don't want to use your love tonight. That song. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. Gets me juiced. Um, like certain eighties kind of yeah. Yeah, rock anthems like that get me juiced. And, and then I'll straight up put on the final countdown. Oh, it's a great I'll one. I'll like yeah. put on the final countdown. It's so, yeah, so predictable. So, uh, I say, listen to what you want. Listen to what's, what, what gets your juices flowing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing that happened from a music standpoint with MP3s and just, I mean, outside of whatever headaches it's kind of caused the art, the artists and publishing and all that stuff and how people consume music where you're just buying singles and stuff now. Right. I think there's a lot more guilty pleasures flying around because it's like, you don't have to fucking commit to the full aqua album to get Barbie girl. It's like, you can just get it. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, you know, so I think that, that like my, when I was still buying that, now I use the different streaming services and, um, for, you know, Spotify or Pandora yeah. or whatever. And, and I'm, I'm sorry to any artists out there if that's taking money. I, I, I think that's, they're bad, right? I don't know. I, I, I get different word when, depending on when I look up articles on that exact topic. Yeah. So I'm always scared. I'm always scared that I'm like screwing the artist in some capacity. Yeah. I hope that's not the case. But anyway, when I was still buying, just buying stuff of, off of, um, Apple or iTunes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean that if that playlist got out, I'd be ruined. You know? <laughs> Cause it's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, this yeah. shit. Cause I'll, I'll throw on some like real garbage pop songs, but I mean, they're, you know, they're like Swedish songsters out there fucking creating totally. this shit that like know your psychology. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you, you, you listed some eighties anthems and maybe it seems a little more forgivable. Like they were kind of, yeah. now it's, it's so reductive. It's just like, they're just trying to kind of recreate those feelings from those songs. But oh yeah, I'm trying to think of like a straight up guilty pleasure. I mean, I put on a lot of musicals too. Like I'll uh, listen yeah. to Phantom of the Opera on my oh. hike or, uh, the Who's Tommy, which I guess is kind of, that's still kind of rips. Though. That rips. Fan yeah. of, like the Weber stuff is great, man. I, I dig all that. I was talking about it. Eugene's into musicals. And so mm -hmm. I was talking about how I, uh, I went and I saw the Phantom of the Opera when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, um, I remember like not wanting to go see it. I was with my mom and dad and we were in San Francisco, like visiting San Francisco, going to Fisherman's Wharf, eating out mm -hmm. of like fucking sourdough bowls and shit. And, you know, it's just like, we just kind of ate everywhere. Just like, Oh, now we're going to Ghirardelli square or what? Um, but, uh, but we went to see that and, uh, I was fucking hating on it. And then when the big chandelier comes up in the beginning and, uh, yeah. and just how like committed, it kind of made me want to act just seeing how committed they were to things and the way that they yeah. would sing were so uncomfortable. Like, Night yeah yeah it was it, it, it's so yeah it's just dripping in in melodrama and synth yeah but uh but god yeah it worked for me i saw it as a kid too and 
the second that chandelier dropped, I was just in it. Yeah. I was in it. it t- yeah. I, t- I mean, all the musical theater people are just like, oh, my God. But that I one, know. that one fucking rocked my world. And uh, and I and I bought the soundtrack to that and would like just listen by myself, you know, <laughs> I have a, I have a this is like getting way ahead. But I have a joke in, in the script that I have been working on for this Kickstarter where my character, he's trying to relate to someone that 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 turned to Satanism when when something went wrong in their life. And uh, so he's talking to someone who's kind of experienced like a tragedy. And out of that tragedy, they turned to Satan. They turned to worshiping the devil. And my character says something. I won't get the line right, but he says something like, oh, I know, what you, I, I, I know how you're feeling. When I got rejected by, by Bonnie Love Rodriguez in the fifth grade, uh, she told me to go suck an egg. And I got so hurt that I just blasted the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack for weeks. And it <laughs> wow, was like that was that was his turn to the dark side was, you know, blasting that. But this that's what happened to me. This is equivalent of like of accepting Satan into his life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But that's I remember sitting on my bus, on my bus right into middle school in the morning and just listening to that, listening to that record or that CD. Yeah. CD dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I, but I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to honor Rob's question and think, yeah. I don't know if I'm listening to that when I'm working out. Let me, um, let me, let me dive into his, he asked about, um, I'm going to, I'm thinking about it, Rob. I'm going to, this is what we call a tease. Uh, mm-hmm. so as far as your mashup question, it sounds like you know what you're doing, buddy. I I don't think that I don't think that there's any harm in in combining elements and kind of picking what you like. Uh, you know, you should you should look into you know what those specific goals that you have are, and then make sure that whatever you're doing in regards to program and literature that you're reading supports that. So you mentioned that uh, to get in the best to get the best list lifting physique shape of your life. So that I, I, I'm guessing that that means, cause before he mentioned about doing all these marathons and, and climbing goals. So those are real specific athletic goals. And now he wants, he's got a physique goal, which is totally fine. I mean, they're, whatever you want to do. I mean, that's, you know, that's the, the physique competitors, they're athletes too. So, uh, leaner, stronger strength training, anatomy and core performance. I mean, they sound like they all kind of work together. I would say if you're in some kind of, if you're trying to put size on, pardon me, Rob, if you already know this, but if say you're trying to put size on and then you're, you're mixing elements of like a, you know, a getting lean thing, it might be a contraindicator to gaining size and mass. So if you're mixing elements of those, you know, I, I would say, you know, be wary of that. But as far as just trying to kind of like find different movements to do some, some bodybuilding and and physique work and work on your symmetry. I think, I think, you know, combining, you know, from different, different sources could be good, you know? Uh, And like, look, these people have to write books. There's not, there's not any one science that says that like, Oh, the, you know, this is the only way to that. I mean, you know, you look at like somebody and like, they're like, Oh, I just fucking lifted cinder blocks. And this person's like, (laughs) Oh, I, you know, I train like the the Russian and fucking Rocky Four, and they but their physiques yeah. look the same, you know. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's just kind of that time under tension and hypertrophy and all that kind of shit. So um, I say I say mix and match, and uh, you know just make sure that the kind of core the core premise of what they're what they're purporting to to do for you line up with what your specific goals are. Uh, Bowser, your thoughts. Well, I was just going to say, I, I'm encouraged by someone 
um, who's attacking getting in the best shape of their lives or specifically like lifting physique at age 51. Is that what they said? Yeah. Um, Because I, uh, gosh, I mean, we talked about this, I think, last time, but I already have so many problems with like my knees and different things at my age. Uh, But at the same time, in my head, there is a future me that's in the best shape of my life. And I, yeah. I used to think like, what's oh, going to be when I'm, you know, 27. Well, it's going to be when I'm 32. What's well, going to be when I'm 35. And now I'm like, well, you should see me in my forties. I get ripped all of a sudden. And I'm, <laughs> I'm always kicking that can down the road. But, uh, but I also really do want to get in better shape as I get older because I can already feel when it, being out of shape, how it slows me down and how it, it just inhibits my uh, my energy level and my ability to even like a, I know it sounds like an overstatement, but accomplish tasks like everything's overwhelming. Whereas when I'm working out and I actually and I'm getting sleep and I'm eating healthy, everything kind of feels like in this realm of attainability all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, because I'm not like feeling, you know, weighed down by gluten or whatever else. Yeah, all. I'll speak to that in a second. Um, that, cause that's an interesting point. And that's, that's a theme that comes up a lot on this show. Um, but God damn back to Well, let me just see on my, I'll pull up my Spotify here and, um, let's see if I can have, if I can find anything. Oh, so Bowser and I were just talking about John Carpenter. I have the assault on precinct 13 score that I listen oh, to yeah. a oh, lot. I've got Carpenter scores <laughs> loaded up. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't call that embarrassing though. Oh, uh, danger zone from top gun. Like I'll throw on, I know the hell out of that song. I mean, I, um, but it reminds me of that movie and that movie makes me want to work out because they're all, they're all like young and beautiful and fit in that movie. And Tony Scott shoots them real sexy. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, I mean, listen, if somebody, you know, saw me and then they got inside my earbuds and they heard danger zone. That's pretty embarrassing, right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think so many people would relate to that, that it wouldn't be too embarrassing. Yeah. I think if you got, if you got into my earbuds and you heard, it was Phantom of the Opera. That might be more embarrassing. Yeah. That one's good. That one's good. Um, so, you know, listen, dude, I, and I like that Fergie song. Um, it's a good song. I like her. I like all her stuff. She's got good. She could, she got, she's got good, um, attitude on her. She puts good attitude on her words or something. Yeah. Um, totally. and she's got, you know, clever things she says, um, that I like, but, um, I like, I love the question. I'll think about it more as the episode goes on. So Bowser, you were talking about, uh, you know, like when you're in this kind of right headspace around it and how everything seems to kind of fall in place. I think that's Mm -hmm. just, that's, um, there's a Tony Robbins thing. He probably copied it from somebody else. And I, he's not a good guy anymore, right? Do, are we, we're done with Tony Robbins? I don't know. Yeah. I I, I, he, I literally had this conversation with a friend the other day. They were like, wait, did Tony Robbins get canceled for something? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, like I this sounds horrible to say, but you would think like, yeah, maybe he got canceled just because he's like anyone that's on that high of a pedestal. Yeah is going to be scrutinized to some level that gets them, you know, some ha- in- something did happen. I don't remember the specifics, but okay. Cause I don't remember any actual occurrence. Um, he talks about this thing called a circle of concern versus a circle of influence. And so you have these things that you kind of worry about that you can't, you can't really control. So let's, mm-hmm. let's remove the health and fitness from it. And let's just say like, 
oh, I, you know, I have, I have $20,000 of debt. Okay. I've got to get this $20,000 of debt. You're thinking about the $20,000 of debt. You're worrying about it. What can I do? I don't have any money. I don't have a job. I don't have anything. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. just this, it's looms, it's all consuming and you, nothing happens. You don't make any progress towards it. But if you start to focus on the circle of influence, that's things you can control. Then, mm-hmm. you know, so instead of worrying about the debt and all that stuff, you know, something you can't control or, or focusing your energy on it, you start focusing on the things that you can influence. Like, well, you know, I can, I can get up and I can make my bed and have a healthy breakfast. So you do that, Uh right? Okay, good. Wow. Okay. So I've done that. Now I can like, maybe I can go online and look for jobs, you know, and then you go online and you start like looking for jobs. And then I, Uh you know, this is, this is a gross oversimplification of like how somebody would address this debt. Let's just, (laughs) let's just remove, you know, all these like, you know, societal elements and, uh, you know, circumstance and all this other shit in there and just say like, it's, it's how you feel. And then eventually, as long as you're putting more juice and effort into your circle of influence, your circle of concern gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then eventually mm-hmm. a circle of influence takes over. And, you know, right. I, I like that. And that can happen with exercise. So instead of saying that, like, Oh, I want to get in the best lifting shape of my life uh, at 40 or 35 or whatever it is. It's like, well, I want to make sure I have one healthy meal a day. So then you have yeah. like that one health and you're like, you know what? Shit, I can do two. And then you do two. I can start hiking every day and you do that. And yeah. then it just kind of, it kind of just, it's just like a snowball and then it just goes. And then the next thing you know, you're all covered, but it does, that never starts unless you do that, like one small thing first and kind of commit to that. And then they all kind of start to, you know, topple over if that makes sense. Well, and vice versa. I I feel like, um, just one misstep and I, and I revert, I I go full gremlin, like one, (laughs) one day of, you know, like I, I've been, I think we might've even talked about this. I don't know if I brought this up because I think I was still drinking coffee at the time, but I'm on and off of coffee all the time because of my acid reflux. And uh, I've been told by my doctor after they did an endoscopy, uh, which was a horrible experience, even though yeah. many people told me, many people told me to be chill. Uh, they were like, you're at, yeah, you're like kind of knocked out. Like it's twilight sleep, but you're not gonna remember anything. Whereas, no, I was the the, the Sedation was not working on me, and I was having a camera shoved down my throat and wondering, like, what am I supposed to do? How do I breathe? How can I swallow and throw up at the same time? Anyway. Oh, God. Horrible. But from that, they were like, your acid reflux is really bad, dude. You can't have coffee anymore. And and furthermore, like, let's cut out everything acidic in your life, you know? And I go off coffee. Can you drink acid anymore or no? No, no more acid. Wow, I can no longer. Yeah, it's a real fucking bummer. You used to just um, do shots of Xenomorph. Just blood. slam it. Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> uh, there so, you go, nerds. Okay. That's something for the nerds Yeah, you out got there. that? Yeah, you got that reference? <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're, I'm up on the Nostradamus, right? Doing shots of Xenomorph blood. Is that what the ship was called? Yeah. Um, so I can go off coffee and I'm like doing great. And my voice feels better. My throat feels better by the end of the day. And then like one night of staying up too late, working on something the next day, not only am I drinking coffee, but then I also like want a cinnamon roll yeah. and my uh, my stomach feels like empty and, sa- and sour and angry. So I want like a breakfast burrito too. And then by the end of the day, and I don't hike that day. And you know, it's just like yeah. in one day, it can all just come, come toppling down. I'm sure that's how it is for a lot of people. It really when is. They get it, off track. It, 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 it totally is. And that's, I mean, that's like the big lesson in, you know, maintaining some level of, 
of a healthy lifestyle consistently is that giving yourself enough of a break and then just right. getting back on the horse again. And I think that it's just allowing yourself those missteps and then saying like, okay, that doesn't, you know, having one bad day or one bad meal, I'm trying to think of like how that, you know, how you can not let that derail you. It's, mm -hmm. it's like climbing back on the horse, but so say you get to this pace, like you get, you, you start getting this amazing pace where everything is falling into place. Like we talked about earlier, where you're doing everything uh -huh. right. And then you fall off. The problem is sometimes as you look back at that pace and you're like, man, I, I'm not ready to go full sprint again, you know? Right. Right. Even though I've only been off for one day, I just, I don't want to do the full sprint again. So then I think it's just like, man, if you have like a little touchstone where you're like, okay, so so let's say I, you know, I had this hiccup here and I'm stressed right now and I'm not ready to go back uh -huh. into this kind of monk like existence. Uh -huh. I, I will at least make sure that I'm, I'm drinking water and I'm having, you know, uh, a protein and a vegetable for every meal. I can have right. fucking tons of sides or I can do mac and cheese, but I'm going to make sure that I have some chicken breasts and I have some vegetables with every meal. Uh -huh. Usually if you do that, you'll, you'll kind of write your path. Right you know, as opposed to saying like, nope, I've got to go, you know, completely, you know, cold yeah. Turkey and get back into this, this path of purity because mm -hmm. I, it's just like, a, it's not sustainable. So you have to have those kind of like ebbs and flows to where you're, you know, you're letting yourself, you know, have a cinnamon roll or, you know, you have a, a, a slip up over a weekend and you're back on coffee, you know, yeah. to where as, as long as you keep something that you were doing before you're, yeah. you know, you're more likely to get back to where that mm -hmm. was as opposed yeah. to like this completely abandoning it because you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do that pace anymore. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, yeah. it's like, if you look at it, like an, let's use writing as an example. So you're, you're, you're rolling and you're writing a couple pages a day and then you have, you know, a weekend where you've got to like spend time with your family or something. And then you stop and then you're like, there's no fucking way I'm going to get back to three pages a day. Yeah. Well, if you write a paragraph and let, let that be good enough you know, the yeah. next day you write two and the next day you write three pair and then you're back to the pages again. But it's just, it's yeah. that it's like holding that, that thing too sacred. Yeah. That that's what I, sinks you. It's sure. Yeah. I mean, I, on the writing tip. Yeah. I was in such a groove with this script that I just finished. I was knocking out. I, I had only scheduled three pages a day and there was times where I got in this, in this pocket where I was doing six pages a day and I had to like force myself to back away from the laptop. Yeah. It was just coming out. And then uh, I was talking to you about this, but I sat down over the weekend, hadn't touched the script in probably over a month because I was, I was happy enough with that draft and it was going to sit for a while while I worked on other things. And then I, I came back to that draft to do some rewrites and writing one new scene like broke my mind <laughs> it was like oh yeah you got to write that new scene you thought of and you got to take out that other scene and i was like right interior cabin uh, <laughs> and it was just i mean nothing was there i the script looked foreign to me yeah. i was like how the, how did any of this come out especially did it how did it come out in any easy fashion and i was couldn't even think of the right words i'm like he walks down the hall <laughs> i guess he's what it was ridiculous. Yeah, he, is he, he trotting? I don't. He's not I don't galloping. know. Maybe he yeah. could be a horse. Why didn't? Why not he's make a horse. him horse? I don't know. Who well, am that's I to the say thing. Then you, do, you do start having those questions yeah. when you're rewriting something. You're like, I was so certain of all these decisions, and now I'm like, what if they're not in a house? Maybe they're in space. <laughs> you're like, whoa, dude. All right, calm, chill. You know what? A way that you, a way that we can make this 
like identifiable to anybody relatable is, um, I used to have this issue to where I'd be, I'd procrastinate inevitably procrastinate in school, high school, mm-hmm. college, you name them, whatever school you can think of. I procrastinate in any of them. Yeah. Uh, same here. And so I'd have a paper due and then I'd be like trying to work on it and just looking at the blank screen, the dreaded blank screen. And then I'd go back in my files and like, look at other papers I'd written and think like, how on fucking earth did you manage yeah. to get that done? Like, who was yeah. this guy that wrote a <laughs> right. hundred pages on teenage pregnancy? Who the fuck was he? <laughs> <Right>. What? <laughs> yeah. MLA citation? Come on. I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> and, you know, sure enough, you eventually do it. But it just like, if I yeah. only thought about that, you know, again, circle of concern versus circle of influence, a hundred yeah. pages. I'll just worry about that instead of like, nah, just write one word. And yeah, then, I don't know. It's all this like cliche shit. People have heard it a million times. Sometimes you just got to hear it the right way. And also relating it to eating. I mean, I know they're different because one is 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 because my body might be getting used to a certain intake. But when I'm eating really well, I don't even think about yeah. carbs. I don't think about pasta. When I think about eating pasta, I'm like, really? Oh, I'd feel so bloated. I'd feel so. But then I have one bad meal, two bad meals. And I look at the I do Green Chef. And I love the Green Chef meals. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever had them as a sponsor, but they're, I really love their food. And, but still, I'll look at a Green Chef meal and I'll be like, and where's the piece of pie? All of a sudden, because <laughs> I got used to it. It's like, I can't imagine only eating this protein and this vegetable. But when I'm really in the groove, I don't even think about the, the, yeah. the stuff that would make me bloated or sick or, you know, what a weight. What a mind fuck, man. It's a total yeah. mind fuck. Bomba Socks makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. You heard it here, guys. The most comfortable in the history of feet. They've literally rethought of every detail of the socks we wear, and they figured out a way to make them more comfortable. They ain't just trying to ape what these other brands were doing. Their socks, socks needed an update for a long time. People were just aping each other to make money. It's like, oh, you're in the sock game? Well, what did you do? I'll just do the same thing. Bombas came along and they're like, you know what? That seam in that song makes them uncomfortable. Let's solve this mess. Let's get rid of it. Oh, these socks are losing their elasticity. Later, let's figure that out. Let's use new materials. Oh, that dingy white isn't a sexy color, (laughs) right? Why are we doing this? Why not let the sock buyer choose the color that represents their personality? Maybe they got a little pizzazz. Maybe they got a little uh, chutzpah and they want to uh, razzle-dazzle with uh, some interesting sock color choices. You can do that with Bombas. Look, I'm a, no, I'm a no-show sock wearer, so I like the no-show socks. And if you're, li- if you're in that game, the socks are ugly. All you can find are white and sometimes beige. And uh, that ain't pretty. And look, you're not seeing them in the shoes, but man, you kick those shoes. You go to somebody's house and there are no, there are no shoe house. You're kicking those shoes off. You got to expose those dingy whites. People are thinking I'm not washing my socks. And I'm like, look, I promise I'm watching them. They just get dingy. Well, also, you know, it wasn't representing my personality. I'm a colorful guy. I want to have some colorful socks. And why should I have to have knee high socks to do that? Why can't my no shows have some color? Well, Bombas came along. They've got a lot of colors for me to choose from. They've got, um, you know, care and consideration in how they're made and how they're stitched. I've got some arch support. I'm getting all the Bombas technology and color and creativity in my no-show socks, and I'm a happy camper. But they're more than just socks that keep my feet cozy. 
Bombas helps give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Every pair of sock you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Listen to this. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to do- donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. 40 million pairs, guys. That's a lot to give back. Uh, and the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent dignity of putting on a clean pair of clothes. It's a small comfort that's especially important right now. So uh, give yourself something with these socks, treat yourself, and then treat someone else. Uh, It's a nice thing to do, and uh, it's going to make them feel good, and it's going to make you feel good. Give a pair when you buy a pair, and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash dumbbells. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash dumbbells for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash dumbbells. I want to ask you guys a question, and I want you to be honest with me. Are you getting enough fiber in your diet? Just shout it out, yes or no. Are you getting enough fiber? (laughs) You're lying. Anybody that said yes is most likely lying. How do I know that? Well, 95% of Americans live in the fiber gap. I don't care if you're some hyper-diligent food tracker or some everyday American like me. You ain't getting enough fiber. You're deficient because it's practically impossible to get 30 grams of fiber a day. That's the recommendation. 30 grams. You got to be doing two full heads of broccoli every day to hit that 30 grams. That's hard. Listen, maybe do it for 25 days, maybe 20, maybe 27. By day 28, you're over it and you're falling off and your fiber is suffering. And you're looking at me, you're saying, what am I, a damn rabbit with all this broccoli? Look, guys, I had a rabbit growing up. His name was Raisin. Good little guy, cute little rabbit. I fed him broccoli every day. And at a certain day 28, he looked at me and he said, what do I look like, a damn rabbit? <laughs> I hate to tell him, yeah, you do. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I want to talk to you about uprising foods because they made it simple and actually enjoyable to hit those fiber numbers. All right. It's a, this is a food company guys, and they're doing something great. They, they have designed more than just a bread alternative. They got these sourdough cubes. They got these freedom chips and, uh, they're all those things plus something else. Um, they're actually beyond just being a healthy bread alternative, you know, say you're trying to skip out on carbs or you're trying to avoid some of the bad stuff that bread does to you. Uh, and so you do some bread alt bread thing, but you're taking a hit on nutrition. Not the case with uprising food. They got you covered. If you're paleo, clean keto, maybe you're just doing simple, low carb, high fiber. Obviously we talked about that dairy free, grain free, whatever it is. Uprising food has got you covered. And like I said, you're getting some nutrition. You're getting some nutrition. You're getting real superfood ingredients, not marketing gimmicks. You're going to find things in their bread like almonds, MCT oil, apple cider vinegar, egg white, psyllium husk, olive oil. Come on. You guys, we've talked about all those foods at different times on this podcast. And maybe you're into counting things. Well, their macros are insanely good. You've got two net carbs per serving, six grams of protein, and nine grams of fiber. Look, at this point, it's a damn supplement. If you're getting that much protein, that much fiber, and that little of the net carbs, you're in supplement territory, all right? That's major nutrition, okay? And I talked about taste. Look, you want to, you want your sub and bread out, you're trying to do something healthy, the taste is off the charts, man. Chips, you put a little hummus on those chips, they're freedom chips, come on, man off to the races. 
there's sourdough cube. Here's what I like to do. I like to open it up. I'm slicing it into individual slices. I freeze those so I don't eat them all at the same time. And as I'm eating it, I toast it. You get that toast going, get a little golden brown on that sucker, put some almond butter on there. Woo! I'm, you know, I'm like licking my chops. I'm, I'm licking my fingers. I'm shadow boxing, doing spin kicks. I'm doing jump kicks. I'm soccer kicks, chorus line kicks. I'm kicking it with my wife. Any kind of kicking you can think of, I'm doing that because this bread is so damn good. And uh, look, we're, we're, we're selling the sampler bundle. I think it's the way to go. You get to try a lot of different things with that. You get to try their freedom chips. You get to try their sourdough cube. And uh, you should buy it before this episode ends because their shit sells out. They, uh, when they introduce the Freedom Chips, it's sold out in 24 hours. People had to wait months to try the chips out. So, you know, as we're talking about these, this, this company more and more on podcasts and other podcasts, your shit's going to sell out. Get on top of it. Try it out. Sampler Bundle is going to cost you $48. So a lot of you will tell me that that ain't cheap, and it's not. But you got to think about what you're getting in there, what comes with that. So I mentioned before, it's like a, it's like a supplement. You do a protein bar every day. What does a protein bar cost you? Two, three, four, five bucks sometimes. All right. They're not cheap. But if you care about your nutrition and you know the kind of ingredients that are going into these things, you're actually getting something, some benefit out of it. And if you break down the sampler bundle, depending on what you get, it's going to cost you about a buck 25 to $3 a serving. So, you know, if you look at it in that way, you're getting into, you're getting into protein bar territory and, uh, you know, why not have it be for some of that, for some of that, uh, you know, psyllium husk, MCT oil, apple cider vinegar, egg white, psyllium, all that stuff I talked about. That six grams of protein, those fiber, nine grams of fiber, all that good stuff. Try it out, guys. I want to know what you think. Let me know how you're how you're preparing your uprising food. You're toasting it. You're putting cheese on it. I don't know. You know, <laughs> go crazy. Why not guacamole? Come on, babe. Good stuff. You got to go to uprisingfood.com slash dumbbells and order the sampler bundle. It's only $48 and you get 20 servings across three different products to try out Uprising. It's kind of like a mini trip to the grocery store minus all the unhealthy distractions. That's uprisingfood.com slash dumbbells. And the first 1,000 people to purchase with our promo code dumbbells will get free standard shipping. First 1,000 people. This is a no-lose deal, I promise. Hurry while supplies last. This is like just a weird sidebar, but I figured you'd be interested in this. We were talking about looking fit in our 40s. Um, and uh, I, I was thinking about Tales from the Crypt. And, you know, like anybody that wanted to like kind of try their hand at directing would do a Tales from the Crypt episode. Like that was like right. the 80s kind of like stuff. Like Schwarzenegger? Yeah, so Schwarzenegger. And I just found somebody, he he actually linked it, his um his little kind of interface with the Crypt Keeper. And like, he looks fucking amazing. Like he's ripped and looks perfect. And he was 43 when he did that and just yeah. looked, couldn't look more healthy. And he's doing totally. all like the, look at this, I'm here with this tiny guy. And that he's all thin, yeah. you know, this well, is why you're I, dead for so long, you know, like doing like little <laughs> jokes with the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Even in, I feel like in Running Man, wasn't he in his early 40s already? No, he must I, have been like, he, so, so for Predator, he was like 39. Okay. And yeah. he looks st stunning. Like that may be like the best he looks on film. Totally. But so, so by, by T2, he was doing... T2 and this Crypt Keeper thing right around the same time. He was like 43 gotcha. then. That's when okay. I pulled it up. Yeah. Yeah. And T2, you know, he's got the biker scene where he's nude. 
Yeah, and all like totally. the bikers are like, like the women like him, like, mm. yeah, yeah. That's an action movie trope where you have to show that the star is good looking, like a they'll walk by somebody. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah exactly. They pull those reaction shots from any other movie. They yeah. put them in there. Uh, but yeah, that's so. You know, it's what's possible if you're, you know, if you got tons of money and time and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're twenty million just to be in shape. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's so. So Bowser, our history is we, we started working together. Uh, Bowser used to run like creative over at Nerdist, right? Essentially and do sketches yeah, for them, be, head of production. Yeah, I, well, I would, I, my role was a senior creative producer and I ran the, like anything scripted. So comedy sketches, branded content that was scripted, basically any of the scripted comedy, uh, went through me. Yeah. Okay. And so we've, uh, so Bowser put me in some stuff. We did these superhero parodies that people liked. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> we, we, we had some wild times shooting those with, because uh, he, Bowser, to add some production value. And like a lot of people cosplay now, but at the time it was more yeah. fringe kind of thing. Because this was really like, there, Marvel hadn't really exploded yet, right? Yeah, it's funny to think that when I started at Nerdist, like, oh, let me look up the year. I don't remember, uh, what was the year of uh, Iron Man? What, uh, gosh, the first Iron Man was 2008? Wow, felt oh like. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Well, felt like longer it, ago or, or more recent or. What do you think? I, I don't know. I, don't know I, think, I think like, <laughs> I guess I thought more recent, but now it makes sense. And then Avengers was like 2012 or something like that. Yeah, it had, I don't think it had, it had hit as hard as it's hitting now. I mean, it now was on, it's like. It was, it was, so it was like getting knocked around. Like people were going to those movies and it was a big hit, but there wasn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it now to where it is like. yeah. Get billion dollars. Everybody goes, everybody talks about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to do your taxi driver movie, you can do it. It's just got to be, a, a, you know, an IP. It's got to be DC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. or yeah. <laughs> Right. You can yeah, have an ironic down ending with a bad, you know, seventies movie down ending with that yeah. ends in suicide, but it has to be a superhero thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It hadn't gotten to that level where it had permeated everything i mean it's you know it's now it's everything yeah, yeah. every show every movie and if, even if it's not actually mcu the language is well we're going to be the blank we're going to be the mcu of the blank we're going right. to be the mcu of cop shows we're going to be the mcu of horror you know and it's right. like what the fuck yeah it and so, yeah, and there was, but there was definitely like a hunger for it. Um, people love the superhero stuff. And so mm -hmm. in a way to add production value, Bowser would put uh, cast cosplay kind of stars or celebrities in it. Yeah. And then let them play the characters. And these people are like, are really good at, like they look just like the thing and they're in shape and they'd yeah. either pay somebody or they design their costumes and then he'd rent costumes from them. Like it was just a good way to kind of get that thing. Yeah. And like, now I feel like people go to cons and they do cosplay. And like I, at the time I didn't even know what cosplay was. They, yeah. They were like the, they, so he was a couple actors, like comedic actors and then cosplay people right? Co or cosplay actors, I guess, you know, they're, they're actors too. Right. And so, uh, but they're, you know, there, there's some characters. And so we'd have like a good time, you know, this. <laughs> for sure. And everybody engaged with it differently. Like, 
I think I always thought, well, I'm hiring actors. So I'd say, you know, yeah, can I can I rent this costume from you? Or can you play this character? And they may say, like, well, no, I don't play that character. Yeah. And I'm like, right, but I'd be hiring you to play the character. And they're like, well, I wouldn't want to misrepresent, you know, Diana Prince or whatever Wonder Woman's name is. And I'm like, yeah, okay. It, it just, there was, yeah. it was hard. They weren't actors in the sense that they understood kind of like the separation of self when stepping into a role, uh, which I now understand better that for them, it was like they represent the character uh, first and foremost. And so I think that was the biggest difference. Whereas like you were down to put on a Superman costume and cuss and swear and say <laughs> messed up stuff. But for a lot of the cosplayers, they'd be like, well, I, Superman wouldn't do that, you know? Yeah. And I so saw if you're in, in what I needed to understand too, is like, if that's, if that's like your passion, playing Superman, then yeah. you're there. You bring like, and you're like, you look like him and you got the costume and all that stuff. You bring that in with you. Like that's your gig. Like yeah. you're not, you don't leave that behind. Like that's, you know, I got to go right. and do these cons and I have fans that are going to watch this thing and see me do it. And they'll be bummed out if it's not, yeah. you know, to what, what they expect or what the comic would do and all that kind of shit. So it's almost like being a lookalike, like, you know, people that are like professional, yeah. uh, Jack Nicholson lookalikes or whatever. Yeah. It's more in, in line with that in a way. You fucked with the wrong Marine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn Jesus. right. I did. Did yeah. you, or did you not order the code red? You're goddamn right. I did. Uh, <laughs> Little uh, fucking few good men for everybody. Yeah. Do you ever hear that? Uh, and I, I assume this is true, but they always said that uh, he, even uh, for the reversals. Yeah, did like, I that hear he, that? Of course, a hundred fucking percent <laughs> I heard this. He, did, he was always yeah. at an 11 for everyone's coverage. He's doing this amazing performance. He's given it everything. And so for people that don't know uh, that, you know, to do this courtroom scene, they've got to cover it a million different ways. So you got to get, you got, you have like a camera on fucking Nicholson when he does his stuff and then they got to relight it and you got to do Tom Cruise. And then you got to do Demi Moore and then fucking Kevin Pollack and Kevin Bacon and all everybody in the fucking courtroom has to interface yeah. the judge, all that kind of shit. So you end up doing the scene 50 million times. And so this is like, this is some heavy lifting by Nicholson. Who's given a lot. And the legend has it that he brought it with that level of intensity for everybody's coverage. And usually a yeah. star at that magnitude at that age is, you know, they're not going to, they may not even fucking yeah. be there for it, you know? Totally. And totally. so, you know, there's, it's famous that on, um, I don't know if it's famously known, but on fucking murder, she wrote that, uh, Lansbury wasn't there for her cover. Wasn't there for the other coverage. You do it. Is that you did it to a tennis ball. That was your eye line. Are you serious? Yeah. Or are you messing with no, me? No, <laughs> serious. She'd fucking, she was one take Jake. Wow. She'd do her oh, shit. And then she fucking gosh. bailed. Then she'd just be like, peace out. <laughs> yeah. And so, you That's know, hilarious. you had to be like the person reacting to her, you know, yeah. figuring out that you're the murderer to like a fucking tennis ball, <laughs> which is more common now with, um, you know, yeah. computer generated effects and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Mm. So Nicholson baby, but, um, Oh, oh yeah. So we're doing, so we were doing that stuff. And so, you know, Bowser and I would have fun doing that. And then, uh, and you know, just had a, sh like a shared interest in a bunch of, you know, similar movies and, you know, yeah. music and weird pop culture stuff. And then, uh, and then later I started watching this character that Bowser created, um, that I'm sure a lot of people know, uh, it started as like the weird Arby's guy. And so cut to, well, well, two things. We did a TV show 
you did a whole TV show based on it. And that's really fun. It's called Welcome to the Shadow Zone. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's really good. It's on Bowser Vids is a way that you can get to it. Yeah, there's some on my channel, but then there's most of it's on Nerdist. On Nerdist? Nerdist, Okay. The YouTube channel, yeah. And so now uh, Bowser is making a feature film about the Onyx character. He's got the script. He's got a great idea and premise. And he's got a Kickstarter. And he's raising funds to get the movie made. And so now you're out there kind of promoting that and generating content. And yeah. uh, we just shot something for it uh, where we read a scene. And what, so, so tell, I don't know, is there anything else you want to say about the Onyx character or? No, I mean, how, I guess. Where, just, how did this, how did the character start for you? Well, it started because uh, I, I was taking improv actually, and we, we weren't even working on, fleshing out characters or coming up with uh, ideas for characters. But my brain was just in that space, you know, when you're having, when you're doing classes a couple times a week or whatever. Um, and I, I was working for a digital nerd company shooting videos at conventions. And I just thought, Oh, it'd be really fun to shoot. Cause I have to be at E3 as video game expo. I've got to be there to, to shoot and work on a video package for this company. It'd be cool to try to shoot a sketch while I'm there. I was always like piggybacking off of, my paid jobs to kind of put my wedge, my own content in there. Right. And, uh, and so I was thinking, all right, what can I shoot at E3? And I, it all, st- it started with the idea of a character just nervously saying, I don't know. That was the beginning of the character, which, uh, I don't think many people would expect. I, I would think that a catchphrase kind of comes out of performing the character and then you land on something. Yeah. But it started from the, I don't know, which now if people do know the character, that is something he says a lot. Even if he's saying something that he's very certain of, if they were to say, you know, what's your favorite movie? He'd say, uh, Pumpkinhead? I don't know. He'd immediately kind of backpedal. But, uh, and I, I, I remember even saying that to my wife. I was like, I walked out of the bathroom. I was looking in the mirror and I said it. And I walked out. I was like, I want to do this character where he just says, I don't know, after saying anything, right? Yeah. And she was like, okay. Yeah. I'm just like, not amused. And I was like, I think there's a whole world there. <laughs> so then I just started making videos with him. Pumpkinhead is so funny. Pumpkin, oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, fucking Stan Winston's, <laughs> Stan Winston's yeah. directorial yeah. offering. Yeah. And so it just came out of out of that personality, that first little trait of him being so insecure that he couldn't speak on any subject with confidence, even if it was something that he was very uh, you know, knowledgeable of. And then I just started making these videos, uh, mostly at conventions, but then I started filming him and splicing him into newscasts and that's what I think for most people, that's what they've seen are these news video hybrids where I've a portion of it I shot and a portion of it is the real newscast. And um, and I guess, yeah, the, I think it's important for anyone to know that it, it evolved out of that into this narrative show that we did, Welcome to the Shadow Zone, and that he has become a more fleshed out character. I think a lot of people think of him and they're like, oh, yeah, he's a meme. But I think especially for people from my generation, I don't know. I just never even thought that way. He's a meme. It, it, yeah. it was always a character to me. It was always going to be Ernest or Pee Wee or something. So the movie is like really um, taking the kind of nine years that I've been doing this character and and trying to just take it to the next level in a bigger narrative context. Yeah, I mean, it really it, and I think that like the the full life behind it is why it works so well. You know, if it were just if it were just one kind of funny thing or one, yeah, one pull line or whatever, it wouldn't have the life 
and I still, and I've shared it with you, like we're all get occasionally like somebody on my Facebook page or something that says, I don't know if this is real or not, but this is, what is this guy? And it's like yeah. one of your commercials or not a commercial, but like a news thing that you've done with it. Yeah. It's still kind of getting shared around there and, you know, surprising totally. people. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So in regards to this movie, you're at this stage now to where, uh, you know, this is one of those like tricky things because it's like you have a real passion for it. There's a huge audience for it that that know it and love the show. And like you've had you've taken every meeting possible for it. And it's just like you've got to concede on some level or give something up or, you know, you know, make some kind of sacrifice. And it's like kind of like, why do that if I can just go directly raise the money and just make exactly what I want to make? And so that's yeah. where you're at now with this fucking Kickstarter. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's also just because the times that I have had meetings out here in the industry about Onyx, it's so weird how hard it is for people to, I mean, you, you know, this, you, you take a meeting and in your head, you're like, this fits perfectly with them. They do weird comedy stuff. I'm going to take them Onyx. And then I, I, and I go and I pitch them Onyx what, and they're like, good. What do you have for army hammer? That literally there's always <laughs> yeah. this very focused Army, target that Army they're trying wants to, to do comedy. What yeah. do you, and you're like, whoa. They'll, they'll be, uh, you'll, you'll take a meeting with this company that you you've seen make a wide range of, of content. And they'll say, ah, we're actually only, we're really focused on like the farming demographic this year. <laughs> and you're like, God damn. So then you'll go to the, what, what, what's really maddening is when you pitch to a, a company and they say they're not looking for that thing, but then, they do green light like a supernatural gothic comedy yeah. the next month. And you're like, well, wait, what the, so or you're at Netflix scripted and they're like, we're getting out of scripted. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Netflix scripted is getting out of scripted. Yeah. Yeah. You want to compete yeah, yeah. with Netflix unscripted. Right. All right. Uh, <laughs> you do you. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, in seeing how long I've been doing the character and also knowing my appetite to tell a bigger story and my appetite as a filmmaker to make something that pays homage to the 80s horror comedies I love, I just thought, you know, waiting on anyone to actually, as a, as a production entity, to say, yeah, we want to see this movie too. It just may never happen. Whereas if I could just tap into the people on the internet that have loved his videos and shared his videos, maybe it could happen. So yeah, it's really the only, the only way forward I've seen with doing something with, with Onyx yeah, on so, a bigger level. And, and so w when you raise the money and stuff, then it's like, you got to wait for COVID to calm down and then you shoot, do you want to shoot it in LA or would you go to like Georgia or something or, you know, uh, it's, it, there's a couple of places that we've looked into. There's some in LA, there's some in, there's actually this really amazing location in Louisiana. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, in New Orleans and, uh, Dim -dim. and then Dim -dim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Out there. <laughs> I think about that sketch we did all the time yeah. where, where I, I just asked you to play like uh, some a southern gator wrangler. Yeah. yeah. Cajun. Um, but so, uh, it really comes down to, uh, it really comes down to, the COVID of it all and, yeah. and the, and the, where, where are we at with people being vaccinated by the time, if we get the money on Kickstarter, uh, are we going to be quarantining everyone in the production for two weeks prior to stepping on set? And if so, you know, what does that do to the budget? Um, everything comes down to that. My goal was that like, well, we'll know by April if we have the money and then we can start setting sites on like July, August, yeah. 
for production. And I think we'll have a better angle on how we have to run it to stay safe sure. at that point. Yeah. I just saw CDC announce that like fully vaccinated people can spend time together in a room without masks in small groups. And I was like, I saw that. T- I was like, all right guys, I fucking hope so. <laughs> wow. So fully vaccinated that people that don't have the virus can be together in small. I was just like, all right, maybe, you yeah. know, I, I get it. And we have to have a smart, careful rollout with everything, but let's not, you know, let's not bum everybody out with like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I thought I saw that headline too. And I was like, yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's why we all got vaccinated, yeah, right? Yeah. Or that's why we're all trying to get yeah, vaccinated. Yeah, I'm like, what, what, what's the hope with this vaccine? Like, I felt like I was on the same page, but maybe not. Turns out, <laughs> know, if you yeah. have it, you can be in a small room if you have the vaccine with <laughs> yeah. other people that have had it. Just want to let everybody know, new finding. It's like, okay. Yeah. Good, good to know. Yeah, I guess that's circle of influence stuff there. Right. I mean, we can't control this. You get it? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, something that jumped out at me when you were when you were we were talking about this too is that you you mentioned some movies that inspired you and uh, that you kind of miss seeing. And I have a ten year old yeah. kid, so we've been like cranking through all this stuff, and I threw a bunch of titles out and and so yeah, it's like all these kind of Gremlins, Ghostbusters, yeah. uh, you know, Critters. <laughs> yeah, just like fun, just that that kind of fun heart. Um, yeah. 80s comedy action horror silver yeah. bullet was one love it uh you know this one's kind of unrelated but i'm covering it for another it's related and unrelated i'm covering it for another podcast i do the action boys do you remember the wraith have we talked about the wraith no you don't know the wraith i don't think i know the Wraith with charlie sheen and the dodge holy crap. the dodge interceptor no. Oh my gosh. I got to look this up. Oh, it's, it's a must watch for you. It's a truly a must for watch. For some reason, before you said it, I thought you were going to say Guyver. Do you remember Guyver? No, I don't know that one. I, I'll hear that's it. this, that's this, it's, I think it's nineties, not eighties, but, um, Mark Hamill is in this, wow. uh, the Guyver 1991. It, it was one of those movies that, um, it was, it was directed by two, effects people screaming mad George and Steve Wang. And so it's like really effects heavy and, uh, and Mark Hamill's it. And I remember seeing it as a kid and just thinking like, yep, that's as good as star Wars. I mean, <laughs> I, I just loved it. And then you get older and you're like, Oh, the Giver is like this real blemish in Mark Hamill's career. It's like this hard botch that everyone makes fun of. But as a kid, I was like, that rips. It's completely tight. It's, I love it. Well, I would say rate the Wraith there's elements of it that hold up and it's interesting. Mike Marvin wrote and directed it. He, he just, he ended up just doing a bunch of other schlocky stuff. But when you watch mm-hmm. this movie, you could the say, wraith. you could say like, Oh man, this guy could go in a direction and make some good stuff. But he, he goes the opposite direction. Cause there's some definitely right. some camp elements, but like, I would say Charlie Sheen elevates it. Nick Cassavetes is a bad guy. Um, oh it's got Griffin O'Neill, it's got Randy Quaid. So between Sheen and Quaid, it kind of yeah. like elevates it a little bit. And the car, it's this mysterious, like kind of drifter shows up to this town at the same time that's run by this, this gang of like hot rod racers. And they, they, they're kind of like pushing people around in the town and they're total bullies. And at the same time, a mysterious, like masked uh, entity shows up in this black car and starts challenging the uh, the fucking 
the the gang one one by one to race for pink slips and then in the course of the race he runs them off the road and kills them and so you don't know oh if like the gosh. drifter is that guy or what and how it all kind of works out and uh, man this is i mean i just looked at the poster and it if you told me that was a prop poster from another movie and that movie, the Wraith was fake, I'd believe you. I've never seen it. Never seen the imagery, the title, the logo, nothing. Uh, and it's right up my alley. It's a must watch. And I would say it completely delivers on the poster. It's, it's as on good the as poster. the poster, <laughs> which doesn't always happen. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> you see a great poster, true. but I mean this, like the kind of shit my sister and I were watching, like we would rent this, we would rent, uh, Baby, The Secret of the Lost Legend all the time. Do you remember that movie? What was that? No. <laughs> oh, my that's, gosh. So that's with Sean Young. And uh, is it Kit Williams, the guy, the greatest American hero in House? I think it's like. Oh, I think it's wow. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, you mean um, uh, William Cat? William Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William oh, Cat. Baby. I do know this movie. I know yeah. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, Secret of the Lost mm. Legend. About a little like dinosaur yep. they find. I'm When my yep. sister and I saw it. I thought that's the most, they got a real fucking dinosaur. Maybe they got a baby elephant yeah. to play this dinosaur. It looks like such shit now, but I love it. And then we yeah. also, we loved uh, <laughs> King Kong Lives with um, uh, Linda Hamilton and uh, the guy from Wings. <laughs> oh, wait, which guy from Wings? Because holy hell, is it like, it's like Steven Weber? It's Weber. I'm, uh, I'm such a web. I'm I, such well, a Weber. I'm 99 sure it's Weber. We we should verify that. Yeah, King Kong lives. He gets a fucking heart. He gets a uh, a blood transfusion and a heart transplant and comes back to life. <laughs> oh my gosh! I've never seen. I've never seen this either. But admittedly, I have a. a um, there's. I don't know much about King Kong and Godzilla. Like I've seen the original King Kong, but um, yeah. I, I'm not a big King Kong guy. Oh, I don't think it is Steven Weber. It's not. It it's not. I else. fucked up. It's not. Apologies there. I guess it's this guy, <laughs> Br Brian <laughs> Kerwin. Um, oh, wow. But this one's this one's worth watching, too. I wasn't like a Steve. I wasn't a, a fucking King Kong fanatic either, but it was yeah. just like, I think we had cable for like one weird stretch of like a year. And yeah. so we were watching whatever was running on HBO and those channels. Yeah. And so it was just like some, some of it was shitty and some of it was good. Uh, the legend of Billy Jean was another one we always rented or watched. The legend of Billy Jean. That's with uh, Helen Slater, uh, where she, uh, is a vigilante and. <laughs> oh my God. It's got Peter, These are like Peter Coyote and, uh, Christian Slater. It's. Oh, wow. That's great. Gosh. These are, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I stay up and look for. <laughs> I, I look for like. 80s movies like this that I've never seen. Yeah, it's the and guy that directed um, the Peter McNichol movie about the dragon, oh, the dragon slayer, maybe. Matt. Oh, um, oh Matt gosh. Robbins, I think, directed it. Gotcha. It's got a great 80s soundtrack. It's a great movie. You got to watch that. Helen Slater okay. couldn't be more beautiful. It's, yeah. it's, she's, I think it was post Supergirl. Well, she had shot Supergirl. And so she, it hadn't come out yet. So there was a chance that she was going to be like this big, you know, and I like Supergirl. Yeah. 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 That's a weird one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sure you've watched the big documentary on, uh, on Canon films. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and what they did when they got Superman and what Golden all Globus. Movies. Yeah. Superman four. Yeah. 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 Poor Christopher Reed. Yeah. It wasn't what he had. Yeah. In mind. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I love, you know, as a kid, you think all of these things are so, I don't know, there's this like grand destiny to them, but it's just like people arguing over rights. It's just what I finally learned about why the Friday the 13th series is as insanely uneven as it is. It's just because of people arguing over money and yeah. people forgetting they owned something and then realizing, oh, wait, we've got to make a movie in two months to keep the rights in our, you know. Yeah, the Captain America movie that, like, was made yeah. not to come out. Yeah. Uh, my son is obsessed with killer clowns from outer space. And he's, oh, that's like, awesome. he's like, why is there not a sequel? And I'm like, those guys are trying to do it. They can't, you know, MGM yeah. has it and they won't give it up or something. But those- Have you shown- have you shown your son Ernest Scared Stupid or any of the Ernest? No, he would love movies? that. I was obsessed with those. He would love that. I didn't even think to do that. That's a good idea. Well, especially if he likes Killer Clowns because uh, the Chiodo brothers designed the trolls in Ernest Scared Stupid. And oh, so wow. they've got a lot of, I, I even think they reused some of the pieces, the prosthetics. Um, but so they've really got a lot of personality. Like they've got more personality just from the creature design than I think a lot of comedies would have if they were throwing in monsters. Yeah. They really, they really, yeah, I love it. I showed it to some friends on Halloween. We did like an outdoor get together on Halloween. And uh, I just, I sorely misread how Ernest would work for adults that didn't grow up on Ernest. <laughs> and like, I mean, bond. It just, oh, no. I, one of my friends is British, one's Canadian. They knew nothing of Ernest. And I was like, well, get ready because he fucking rips. And we press play and not 10 minutes in, my one friend looks over at me and says, so wait, why are we watching this? Oh no, oh no. And I'm like, it's Halloween, it's Ernest. And they never got on board, oh, but man. it's a great movie. Eartha Kitt's in there. Oh, great, great. shit. Yeah, yeah, my kid, uh, he had a, a birthday party during the quarantine. So we did like an outside I got a projector and a big screen yeah. and all that shit. And we showed um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure for his birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Which is fun. You know, none of those, he's seen it before, but none of those other kids had seen it. I got a popcorn maker, like an old-fashioned popcorn maker and all oh, that. heck yeah. <laughs> yeah dude, <it's> fucking, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. When, when like everything calms down, I'll do another like screener in my backyard. And Yeah. I mean, it, it was like this, this fucking odyssey to find the biggest screen I could get. And there's... And like, I pulled the trigger on one and there's one bigger and I wish I would have got it. It's like, you get it set up and you're like, man, is it that fucking big? I, you know, I don't yeah. know. And, but it's, it's, it's a good design. Like it's got really good tension, which is the issue. You know, you want this kind of good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the opposite of what I wound up getting. And not, not that we need to go down this path of uh, the talking about ordering screens and projectors, but I went through that too. And I just couldn't get a, a straight answer on like which projector was best. It was like every projector was, I don't know, it's good in this way, but it's not as good as this one in these other ways. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God. And then like same DL for the screen. DLP versus LCD and all that kind of yeah. shit. And it's like DLP, you get Richard Blacks, but there's rainbowing and LCD. You get, right. you know, you get like a lot of grays and you're like, what, yeah. uh, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got this screen that just like comically sags. Oh, no. And no matter how much I, I try to stretch the poles far apart and like weight them down with sandbags and bricks, yeah. just inevitably it still just kind of, you know, angles in and it gets me angry every time. It's maddening. Well, let's close. Let's bookend this with some fitness talk. What? Um, yeah. So where are you at right now? Are you are, are are you eating right? Are you you mentioned that you got back on coffee a little bit? Are you yeah. off of that? What's 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 happening now? And and where do you want to yeah. go moving forward? Well, I I was in such a good place for most of this last crazy year. I hiked 
every day. There wasn't a day I didn't hike. I mean, maybe like one day of the weekend I wouldn't just to give my legs a break. But and uh, really good eating habits. I do the Green Chef every day. Um, I still don't do. Uh, I, I know when we talked last, I was doing like the bulletproof coffee yeah, in the morning with butter that. and all that. Um, I still do like their collagen protein and their brain octane oil, but I do it in in matcha green tea because it's easier on my my throat. Um, and so, I mean, for months and months and months, it's probably been a year that I've hiked every day. And then all of a sudden, this last month, um, I think I just got overworked and that was the first thing to go. And then, like I said, then the next thing to go is staying off the coffee. So I got back on coffee probably for close to a month. Um, my sleep is all jacked up. My eating habits are okay, but I went from, we'd have one cheat meal a week, like Friday nights to now it's like, yeah, but by Wednesday, I want a little bit of a cheat meal too. So admittedly, I'm not in as good of a spot as I was, but, um, but I went off coffee today. That's good. So I'm, I'm one day in and I plan on hiking tomorrow. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even, uh, yeah, in the days that you can't get out for a hike, do a walk around the block. Yeah, and exactly. ha- it's just as good. It's just as good. Give yourself that level of self-efficacy. Yeah. What what kind of matcha do you do? You mix it in like the bowl and all that shit with the whisk. I I don't do all that. I, I do. Um, that. I do. You? I mean, that, I should. I'm that bitch that does that shit. <laughs> I think if I made more of a thing out of it, I I I'd like it more. I have to put some kind of uh, like I put. Oatmeal, not oatmeal, Jesus. Oat uh, milk, oat milk, baby. Oat milk is what yeah. we're looking for. That's right. I rock some oat milk in there because um, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of just the taste of the tea. Yeah, I like it to feel. I need it to feel a little frothy. What I like about the coffee when I made it, it was it was so it was so uh, frothy with the butter, and it was just like yeah. Gosh, I felt like you were drinking like bone broth or something. You were but, getting something, yeah. Yeah, I was getting something. So I have to make the matcha feel like more substantial. What kind of matcha um, do you use? Ceremonial grade. <laughs> Or you, oh, wow. You, I don't even know. Do you have a brand you like? It's whatever they sell at the at the Fresco down the street. Oh, That's so you're, get, you're getting it from a place. Yeah. Also, yeah. What do you do? I use this stuff from this company called Organic Burst. Not a sponsor. Ooh, I'm not connected okay. to them or affiliated with them or anything. But yeah. um, it's really good. I'll send you some. Um, yeah, it, that'd be great. Yeah, it, it's the best tasting and the freshest okay. and best smelling. I get a good buzz off of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is like the coffee was getting me to a place where I'd feel so, I used to not be as affected by it, I don't think. But since I've been going on and off and on and off, when I do have coffee now, gosh, by the end of the day, I feel like I'm, I'm feral. I'm, I can't think straight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm agitated. Uh, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll be crashing at 4 p.m., and then wired at 1 a.m. Yeah. I remember, and, and I remember do that like a, a coffee, when you were on coffee, like somebody was going, coming up to you and put their hand on your shoulder and you bit their arm. They yeah, had to get I did. rabies I did. shots. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that, it was a fucking coffee. Yeah, it was a crazy thing. Like they had to full on get yeah. rabies, like production yeah. had to pay for it. And yeah, we had to stop town for, I think, a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> get that sorted out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, same. Like I get a good, smooth buzz with the matcha. Like a, I get charged up, but I'm not like all like, woo. Totally. Um, 
and I would also get the, I used to drink espresso. Espresso, I felt like I had a more ease, even buzz off espresso. Drip coffee really? okay. fucking jacked me up like a fucking astronaut. I mean, like, I'm like yeah. fucking Neil Armstrong in this motherfucker. <laughs> right. No, Neil Armstrong, known for being a wild man and yes. having a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true though. It just was making me too too shaky, uh, and and I feel so much more. E- my energy is like evenly displaced when I'm having matcha as opposed to the coffee. Okay, so that's that's good. So we got the coffee. That that's a good place to start, and then you just need yeah. to kind of you know get back to those healthful, nourishing meals and yeah. know that they're enough. And you, like you said, when you're doing that regularly, you appreciate it, and that's what you want totally. and crave. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you mentioned collagens. Any supplements that you're taking right now that you like? I mean, uh, yeah. And I should have looked into this before we chatted because I, I take, I mean, my wife has like, you know, a whole vitamin case for us each week. So I take a lot, but do I know what I take? I don't know. Okay. So I'll tell people I, I did. I talked about some of my supplement, uh, supplementation on the last episode and I use, uh, people ask me, I use this brand called natural force collagen peptides. That's the collagen I take. I'm, mm-hmm. and I mix that with a vitamin C supplement. I just use the NRC. If you, so a little trick on collagen, if you mix them or take them with vitamin C, it improves the bioavailability of the collagen peptides. Gotcha. So your body's able to readily absorb it more. If you're taking it with C, you don't have to take a vitamin C supplement. If you are, I recommend you take something without a buffer uh, but mm-hmm. that, so it's not time release. You just, it just, you get to see in your system as you're taking the collagen. You could also squeeze some lemon into the collagen. Gotcha. Um, if you're mixing up, like I dissolve mine in hot water and sometimes I squeeze it with lemon or sometimes I do the vitamin C, but the, yeah, I use the natural force. Um, I read this kind of study on a lot of the collagen peptides and they're not all created equal. And this was one of the mm-hmm. brands that got rated really high. Again, gotcha. not a sponsor, not affiliated right. with them. So good. All right. Supplement corner done. Bowser, this has been great. Let's direct people to the Kickstarter. Where can they go to, to watch the content you're putting out because you're making it kind of fun. The whole campaign has been fun. Yeah. Um, If you like the character, you'll love the campaign uh, because it's like a lot of, you get to see Onyx involved and you get to see (laughs) some, some behind the scenes stuff in a fun way. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Kickstarter is at onyxthemovie.com. So People go to onyxthemovie.com. That will lead you to the Kickstarter. That's O-N-Y-X. And then uh, a lot of the content is on my YouTube channel, which is Bowser Vids Totally. Right. And uh, yeah, and so that's where I'm putting a lot of the updates. But on the Kickstarter page, there's a lot of updates as well. And yeah, that's where I'd go, onyxthemovie.com and youtube.com slash Bowser Vids Totally. And your Instagram and Twitter, please, for everybody. I'm Andrew Bowser on Twitter. I'm Andrew Bowser director on Instagram. Smart. And then Onyx is Smart. on Change TikTok. Them up. Get them different. Change them up. Change them up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Onyx is on TikTok at Onyx the Fortuitous. And uh, he's got a fun fan base there. I've been having a lot of fun on TikTok. Do you do all the TikTok uh, things that people do? Like the- I do. Where you, like you drop your ass down and- we yeah, like, I did that exact one. Right. I And the funny thing is like, mm-hmm. I like doing them. <laughs> exactly. I like doing that. Everybody thinks like, oh, if Onyx is going to do that, he'll there'll be a bit. Like he's going to he's gonna drop down, then it'll be Freddy Krueger. But Just no, do I do it. Do it sincere. I That's what Onyx down would that do. I, I, it is what he would do. Yeah. I did that challenge. And when I dropped down, I had 
giant, uh, like, uh, Frankenstein boots with fishnets and a skirt on. <laughs> and uh, and then I did a silhouette challenge where where people thought, oh, I thought he was going to turn into, like, a monster and not do the sexy silhouette challenge. But nope, had the fishnets on. He did a little top hat, a little, you know, fedora tip. Um, that's how he would do it though. He would be like, I might as well, might as well do it well, you know, do it the right way. I love it. Any, uh, are you a big fan of dog face? Dog face. Is that the cranberry guy? (laughs) (laughs) I think, I don't even know if I follow him anymore, but I was, I was definitely, I was into watching that trend just like take over. Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was like, it's like, one it was of the, like fucking Jesus Christ did one of those videos. Everybody, fucking I know, did one. you know, there's that was probably Meryl one of the streak like, was involved. The fucking, yeah. you're like, fuck Kevin Klein's doing one now. Yeah. You got it, you got it, that was one of the largest spreading memes, I think in a long time. Yeah. That was, that was a crazy big meme. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's something to it. The guy, he just really put out a vibe. And, uh, you know, that's a good song. It was just the right timing for that song to kind of come back. And, uh, um, yeah. And you just like, he's a good skateboarder. It all kind of worked together. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It really did. It all coalesced. Uh, well, beautiful. So for people that would like to ask us a question like Rob did at the top of the show, you can reach us at askthedumbbells at gmail.com. If you have a shorter question or you want to at mention us, or you want to fucking share a meme with us, or you want to fucking tell me I suck, you can reach us at the dumbbells across all social media platforms. We got them all, Bowser. We got fucking Friendster. We got Sneak Whoa. We got Sneak Monkey. We got fucking Whoa. Light Rizzle. We got fucking Popsicle Dad. We got wow. fucking Legend Daddy, my character from the Nerdist sketch. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Across all social media platforms, we are at the Dumbbells. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and, and throwing those questions in. We love them. We can't answer them all, but we will try. I want to thank Bowser from the bottom of my heart for joining us today. Check out onyxthemovie.com to donate to the Kickstarter. I want to see this motherfucker get made. <laughs> And uh, I would like to remind everybody that's out there less listening on behalf of myself, Eugene Cordero, wherever he is, our wonderful guest today, Andrew Bowser, we want to remind you guys to train dirty, to eat clean, and to live in between. That was a HeadGum Podcast.